What's up, everybody? Welcome to A Bit Unraveled Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hansinger. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another week of A Bit Unraveled. Super happy to kick this off uh, with you guys and uh, be on the other side of 2020. Very excited for my first guest kicking into this new year. He's a great friend of mine. He is a fantastic stand-up comedian, content creator, and TV writer. Let me introduce to you guys, welcome to the podcast, Nick Perdue. Happy to All see right. you, man. Yeah, man. Where Where are you right now? Are you, uh, are you in, you're in LA, right? I'm on vacation. Are you I'm... on vacation right now? No, no, I'm kidding. No, I am at my house. I've been home uh, since December of last year. Or no, since December 2019. Yeah. I've just been home, you know, like working from, from home ever since. We uh, did move. I'm not going to tell you where I moved to. Yeah. Uh, but we did relocate, my girlfriend and I. And, uh, you know, it, it feels like a vacation. I'll just say that. Yeah. Nice. But you're still LA. You're still in LA. Just yes. in yeah. an undisclosed location. Yeah. I'll, I'll never leave LA. Yeah. Um, that's some nice wood grain. That's the first thing I noticed. I was like, man, so yeah. yeah yeah that's like it looks that's, good that's like vacation that. wood grain man yeah. yeah we got we got the lights going here out outside got the out outdoor patio my uh, dog is right here next to me so yeah it's oh. great. what yeah. kind of dog you have uh okay so here's here's the thing we we just did this dna uh and figured out or according to this dna he's yeah. part husky um shit it's doberman no that's a lie it's, it's <laughs> But it's it's not what we thought he was because he looks like a lab and we thought he was like a lab mixed with Great Dan or something like that. That's what like a lot of people who see him say that he is. And we're like, OK, we'll see. But the DNA test was like, nope, he's something completely different. And he's he's majority husky, which he does not look like a majority husky. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so he's a mutt. So I, I asked because I have a similar dog uh, in in that so she's a, a border collie lab mix on mm. paper from when we got her but also the paperwork that we got when we rescued her from barking bitches uh <laughs> <laughs> down in hollywood which i don't think exists anymore but that was the rescue place that we got barking bitches uh gave us paperwork it wasn't even the same dog that we took home so i'm like i can't trust the paperwork exactly oh, gosh. but she was a border collie lab mix uh she may have a little bit of pit in her Mm -hmm. um they all do yeah they are all these all these rescue dogs got like there was some pit bull that's just out out your fucking and i like every single dog (laughs) just smashing (laughs) he's like that's my dna that's my DNA." yeah dude there's a little bit of pit and everything but you're not allowed to have them in apartments and things so you gotta lie about it right um so we're we're all lying everyone who has a dog in their apartment is lying yeah um did, did you do the uh the um, like emotional support route or anything like that. So here's the thing. Cause it's uh, a very LA thing of us to do. See, I was, I was, I was going to, and then I was like starting to like look at the paperwork or starting to like start the whole process. And I'm, like, I'm not going to sit here and, and do all this. I'm like, it's just an extra $50 a month. I know I say that like now where, you know, stuff is like, we probably should be saving every single penny. Right. right. Uh, but I haven't done it and I probably just won't do it. So, yeah. you know, but I, we, we've lied on, on other things, but this, yeah. you know, our, our, our dog is, we, we pay for him and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. No, you, you did it right. We right. did, we did the emotional support route. I have a picture of her as a puppy, which she's obviously not anymore. And she, you know, she, yeah, she supports, but she's not like super well-trained. Like Do we you took take her, her everywhere. So we definitely like took her. So we drove cross country a couple of times recently. And, um, and when we stayed at hotels, it was super helpful because they can't say no, if you take an emotional support dog to a hotel. But when we took her there, she would bark at everybody walking by in the hallway. So I was like, you're not being a very good emotional support <laughs> dog right now. Um, it is a regular dog. You're just, just, being, just a dog. being a regular dog. And yeah. that's fine. That's fine. She didn't sign up for it. We did. Yeah. So that's fine. I digress. Um, but cool. Um, well, that's awesome. So you, you got your spot now and everything. Um, let's kick into things. So so as I was introducing, um, you know, you I, we met each other through stand up years yeah. back. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was at John Lovett's uh, that or is that where we where we met? 
I don't I, think no. We I I we did I, a lot of shows I, there together. Yes, and I I feel like it was either the haha or the laugh factory or something. But yeah, I don't I don't because I I was only at Lovitz when I had a show at Lovitz. That's the only time I really got it. Yeah, true. I mean, wasn't anybody? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was they yeah. gave me a show because no one else was asking for a show of that. Um, yeah, but I, had a show, a funny but I had yeah. a show, but you had a show and it was a yeah. great show. I remember right. doing it. Um, yeah, but it, it was definitely, yeah. I, I mean, it was a while ago now. It was probably, God, it was years ago. At least seven, seven. It was years. at least seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a ha ha. And I remember doing some shows up at Lovitz, which is always funny to reminisce on such a great space, but it yeah. just never, it never was quite. What's that? It was cause it was, it was three stories high. Yeah. So it probably wasn't the best for comedy. But for no. like music, it's great. <laughs> right, right. You know, but for like comedy and when you got people on top, like it was it was a shit show. But we made it work and it we was made it work. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, um, the stage was real high. It was uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you been obviously like the pandemic has slowed stand up like to a halt. Were you doing a lot like going into it? Uh kind of backed off that a little bit? I I wasn't I haven't been on stage at least for five years now, probably. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it's wow. been a regret. Yeah. Really? Like now I am like, I'm like itching for it and I'm, I'm starting to write jokes and I'm like, is this even funny? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the shower. It's great. You know, right. when, I, when I tell it to myself and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is going to kill. So you, don't know. you know, you got to go out and do the open mics and this and that. So yeah, I, I am missing that. And so I'm, I'm going to get back to it, but I, yeah. Took it, break just because i was like i can't i just can't do the grind anymore totally totally and that's uh i mean it's something that i, I think about all the time um and and you you have been on the writing path obviously as well which we'll talk about in a minute but it's tough like it's tough to it all depends what you want out of it too you know and, and it's like it, it's a it's a huge grind huge yeah. uh time requirement and stuff like that it's draining and you know, if your goal is to have a a an hour special, then yeah, that's what you want to do, right? But you do have to know, like, if is that what you want to do? Because it's, you know, you get pulled in a lot of different directions out here. Well, uh, and, and even like like because now it's just different. Like you, because you don't you don't need an hour special. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can build a following just on your social media, and mm -hmm. you can put out your own hour special. Totally. You know? Yeah. You've, you've seen Tony Baker do it. Yeah. You know? And like what yep. Kev on stage is doing like, we, we like there, there's people who are out there who are just shooting their own stuff and, yeah. and just putting it out. And so it's like, you don't, you don't need that validation anymore. You know what I mean? From the Netflix or from the. Totally. Yeah. But there's also the interesting thing of like, you know um, what it takes to even get a special. Um, and so I see some people who are getting like their credits and then getting and then working on their hour after that because the mm -hmm. stage time comes easier and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, I think back on some of the stuff. I mean, I if I had to like say, you know, put all my time together, I have like 45 to an hour. But it's stuff that I've been working on for like eight years or more. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm the same person as when I started telling those jokes. Right. So it's it's an interesting like for me, if if I were to come up with an hour, I think I would almost rather get a credit, go build a new hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And and it's yeah, like you you, especially now, should definitely just just get these credits, right? Right. right. Like what I'm thinking, and I think that's kind of what shifted me is like I just let's just rack up these credits because you you you've seen it. You go into these clubs, and it's like, oh well, so and so was on workaholics or so-and-so was on yeah. this or so-and-so was on that and you're like i've never seen dude but they're getting this this stage time so it's like yeah. that's the cheat code to which is 100 you know it, yeah. it, there's a glass ceiling until you get it mm -hmm. um and you can you can be super funny but there's almost always a glass ceiling it feels like until you have a credit that somebody can sell you on uh, a billboard or, or on their flyer as mm -hmm. um which is interesting but um and people hate you know yeah, like, that's yeah. the thing especially if you have no credits and you're just funny yeah you know you just it's just people just hate because they're like you know they they see the potential in you 
Right. Totally. And they they know it's they they know that you're the next one. Mm-hmm. But you need that. It's like that credit is that you know whether it's laughs or whether it's you know the true true TV. You know because like they were putting people on. I was like, well, that's all you need. Yeah. You know? Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know what? Let's talk about your credit because you had a big a big thing come up this year, and I'm very excited yeah, to share with great. people. Um, let's talk about that because you you uh, have been on this writing path for a while, and you got your uh, first episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> What's that? Your first credit, exactly. My, yeah, my your first. first you got a writing credit. Uh, you wrote the ransom episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which uh, Entertainment Weekly put up as a top thirty uh episodes of 2020 and uh the the writer of that uh who kind of reviewed your episode put it as the best episode of brooklyn 99 which is yeah that's a huge compliment that's awesome uh um look in his if they want to say it they can say it you don't have to you you can be humble Listen, yes, and I mean, I I also say this is the the Emmy episode. So if if we don't win an Emmy, if, <laughs> if Andre Brower doesn't win an Emmy for for writing on the top of a car, that was amazing. We shot it at like two o'clock in the morning, like the uh, the fight scene, and like that was it was the last day, and it was it was a late day, and like Andy was sick, and like no one was looking forward to this. Yeah, and they just gave it their all, and I was like. You too. I am so thankful just for the performance, just everything. You know what I mean? Because it's like when you put something on paper and then are able to see like people and, and regardless if it's television, you know, because you you shoot shorts and skits and, and you know, yep. like putting something on paper and then seeing it come to life and then seeing, seeing how people react to it. You know, like when I was making videos, like it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, it, it's like seeing it come to life and then the other side of it is like seeing people like, Oh, okay. This is kind of cool. You're like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so you got to be on set for the, for the shoot then. Right. Yeah. So this was pre COVID. Awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This, you know, this was when, when stuff was, was still normal. Uh, and, and everyone was, was on set. Like I was, I was able to bring my mom to set, which was great. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. She had a, a blast and, you know, she wanted to, to meet Terry. So that was my my only goal was yeah. to, to get her to meet Terry Cruz. And so she was able to, to do that. And You're like, Terry, uh, can you shake your chest for my mother? <laughs> <laughs> can you do the little the shimmy shake? Yeah, it was it was the uh, the peck pop and he uh, definitely did it. Uh, yeah. But it was, you know, yeah, it was it, it was it was great. Um, it was. A weird thing, because like. I kind of had this out of body experience, you know, kind of like sitting there, like when they're like setting up or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there, I'm looking around and I'm like, this is my life. Like, like this is like, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. And like stuff like that happens. Like the, the first time, uh, you know, I was doing the, the show, I'd love it. So I was like, yo, like this is, this is dope. Like just like, like little things, mm-hmm. you know, when I was podcasting with Black Hollywood, it was just like, yo, like this is dope. Yeah. And real quick on that, like that was uh, probably the first podcast I ever did was your podcast on Black Black Hollywood Live. Stand up, uh, sit down, baby. Stand yeah, up, stand up, down. sit down, which yeah. was uh, a super like sick professional setup that they got over there. Um, shout yeah, out to them. Was, like they were running a cool little like thing over there. Um, it was legit. And I like to say, you know, because I mean, nothing but the love to the Black Hollywood family. Uh but they they kind of set the course and and you you see now because everyone has a has a podcast you know like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm your podcast I got, it's it's insane just like and which is great but it's also too it's like yeah like we were doing it back then yeah yeah and that's crazy to me yeah but that was that was cool and you celebrated with them I saw right you, you watched uh, you went back to them recently I I thought. Yes. So last year, again, this is 2019. So this oh, okay. was actually, no, this was probably the beginning of 2020, 2020. Uh, yeah, we went, went, went back because that was, it was after we had, had shot the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, it was, it was great going back and seeing everybody and, and, you know, having yeah. a, a ball and they're doing great. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. Uh, I definitely highly, uh, like, highly recommend people going and checking it out. Uh, it's on, it's on Hulu. It's on NBC and all, all that. Uh, but it was a great episode. I mean, like that was, it was super fun. Uh, the, the cheddar, the, <laughs> cheddar, yeah, the I mean, dog getting kidnapped, and um, I mean, it had to be super fun to write. Was that something? Um, was that more? I mean, like you said, he he he's riding on top of a car at one point. They're doing fist fights. Was this was this more action packed than many of their uh, episodes? Uh, yes. Uh, well, l- let me let me say this. So our our stunt coordinator, uh, Emmy Award winning. Uh, yeah. stunt coordinator back oh, nice. to back Emmy award winning stunt coordinator Norman yeah. Howe. Awesome. Uh, he he's he's great. So you know like he was able so so Dan who was our, our showrunner kind of like had a had a vision. He was like I just want this like cool fight scene. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh you know so so for people don't know who like how TV gets written uh normally you know your writers go off and we we write a version and then we bring it back and then like the room kind of chops it up and they, you know, so it, it your words basically are gone and it's, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's, you know, like a collective, whatever. Yeah. So, but with this episode, just because we were kind of so late in the season and we were kind of like up against it, we, we collectively wrote. And so like Bo, Bo and I, uh, we were, we were in task, like writing, you know, multiple scenes, but, because of the time constraints, it was room written, uh, some of it. So like the fight sequence, Dan was kind of like, okay, like I, I have this vision and I want it to be at night and it's, you know, cars and like, we want, like it was, it was insane. Yeah. And I, All right. And you know, like after meeting, after, after meeting, and then when, when you finally get there and finally like see it and like watching them rehearse it. And then when we see Andre out there, I was like, Oh wow, this is like, this is, this is dope. <laughs> yeah, super cool. Super cool. There was a lot that went into it. I'll tell you my my favorite part of it, um, which is a small moment. And and uh, I appreciate it as someone who who like writes myself and stuff. But the uh, in the stroller scene in, in the, the store when they were like, yeah, well, you know, we can't do it after what happened last year. And they went like any other show would do a cutaway right there and like, you know, a flashback. And there's no flashback. Nope. And I thought that was amazing. I was like, this is great. Like they're told and they're like, oh, you're not gonna show us? And like they totally call it out and you're like, no, nope, <laughs> can't no, I can't legally show you. And they're like, oh my god, that was I thought that was a brilliant moment though. Um and you want to know what happened last year? Yeah. No one knows. No we one knows. Have, See, have right. No idea. No, but it was just one of those like every other that's that moment everybody usually cuts away, and you're like, eh, we're not gonna cut away. Yeah, there like there are are different kind of like, and I mean just just me personally like there are different shows that I've watched that have like great like kind of fuck yous to the audience to where mm-hmm. you know it's like yes yeah. yes but I still just kind of want to like have this for me yeah, and so when we put that in there I was really hoping I was like please don't cut that please don't cut that please don't cut and the fact that it had stayed you're like okay this is great and I'm. So happy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you love it because it's you know it's just like there are just like little things that you just kind of put in and hopefully they stay. Maybe they don't. It'll make it, but yeah, I made it. And I'm glad uh, you enjoyed it. Man, I loved it. It was a good moment. Um, now with with all this because that's I mean it's it's such an awesome success and and uh, especially to get like um some some like a review on it is is super neat. Also, I mean that's to get your first episode and then get that kind of notoriety is pretty cool. The bar um, is That's the problem now. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, like now the next one, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna have to cure cancer. Right, gonna, yeah. Well, cure there it is. That's, that's the next yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine cures cancer. That's it. Um, well, I do want to talk about this because um, you've been with the show for a while mm-hmm. and, and I kind of want to talk about like your path as a writer. Um, because uh, my brother is on the writing path. He's been out here for a while as well. And uh, everybody has a different path uh, yeah. along the way. And I know you did some some of the assistant work and stuff on, uh, you went through like office assistant, writer's assistant, the PA work and everything. Let uh, me tell you. 
season season two um, started in the office and you know I had a great time it was great in the office PA and uh, office PA is basically the lowest person on the totem pole mm-hmm. so it's whatever needs to get done you get it done from getting lunch to setting up for table reads and and for different meetings and for you know getting gifts together and for like coordinating uh different guests and if they want like a tour of the set and this and that and Mm -hmm. making copies for props or making this and doing that and making right like so whatever any other department needed Mm -hmm. that's basically what you were doing so yeah every day was completely different and you know i mean even though we were it was for a tv show like there was still you know like office and clerical stuff that needed to be done so like a lot of that is what we were doing yeah let me Uh, me ask this with in that role was there ever like a uh like a worst day that stood out (laughs) or like a hectic day where like everything you know you had to get the bagels but everything went wrong the bagel shop was closed and you're like oh my god yeah i mean okay so here we go the the first time i had to get so there was there was three of us um so jeff topolsky who is still on the show so working this this season he's, he's a, a staff writer this this season season eight mm-hmm. um it was jeff me and christine uh, i think she's over at pixar now she's killing she's a producer over there doing her her, her thing and so yeah. um three of us we were green we were brand new had had no prior tv experience um don't know if it's gonna get you fired don't <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we i'm kidding we, we were on a golf cart yeah and like it was i was driving for whatever reason and we yeah. like had like a, a bunch of stuff in the back we were just moving stuff from like one office to another right and there was this paint can like of spray paint just on the floor i didn't see it i had no idea it was there roll over it this can explodes under the weight of the golf cart right starts spinning and just starts spraying paint everywhere <laughs> now oh, oh my it god was, it was it was uh office furniture that we were we were moving i remember now because one of the pieces of office furniture got blue paint on it so so like when when we were like putting in the office we you know, yeah. turned it so you can only see the paint and oh like, my like, god nothing was broken everything was fine but it was it was good and then yeah. i think later on that day or maybe that next week during the table read uh when we were like transporting food back mm-hmm. one of the coolers fell off the back of the uh, golf cart oh my god and of course, that episode director was walking to the table read when it happened. And so like all like all these Coke cans go go flying and <laughs> Jeff and I are sitting in the golf cart and he's he's driving and I'm like, slow down. Yeah. We both hop out. We start, you know, grabbing these, these Coke cans and, and, you know, thankful that, you know, the director was like a, a cool guy. He's, he started picking up cans. Yeah. Too. Like, hey, That's yeah. cool. Was, yeah. But, That's cool. You know, to us, it was... Oh, disaster. Yeah. I mean, everybody's around. Yeah. yeah you're just, yeah. all you're trying to do was impress and, and keep oh. yeah, and not screw up. <laughs> I have one more story. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry. So, so this, this is my, my first time getting set lunch and uh, I had to get lunch, you know, so it's like for like the actors and uh, the background people and like the, the director and like assistant director. I forget. Andy Sandberg's lunch. No. Everyone else, I, I got everyone's lunch order oh, for whatever no. reason. I forget Andy Sandberg's lunch. And then the, the AD sends me a text and she was like, hey, you know, like, where's Andy Sandwich or whatever it is? And I was like, I swear it's there. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, I, I checked my car. Nothing was there. Oh, no. So then I sent his assistant a text and I was like, hey, because uh, um, I'm freaking out, right? And the AD sent me a text and she was like, well, hope you're uh, looking for another job now because <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, uh, oh, no. what, does, what does Andy like? You know, because I, I was thinking, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go buy his lunch with my own money. You know, like I'm going to go to McDonald's or I'm going to go somewhere. Just yeah. Yeah. Some food. Oh, man. And, uh, 
she was like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like, I'll, I'll give him half of my meal. Like, he'll have no idea. And to this day, he had no idea. Yeah. Um, but to you, it's the big Andy Sandberg oh, yeah. sandwich fiasco. It's like, he, you know, star producer of the show. And I'm yeah. like, this is the first time oh, that I'm doing this. And yeah. I swear I double checked, but for whatever reason, it had to be his lunch that I forgot. Yeah. No. It's tough, man. That's a, I mean, it's a tough spot. So like, like my, like I said, my brother, we went through the agency stuff and, and tons of assistant work and there's always such high pressure. Like, like it's so easy to, to, you know, have that stuff happen. That's fun though. It's always fun to hear like, the, cause there's always a story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone, everyone has a story. You yeah. drop coffee or you, you know, you forget someone's already forget someone's credit card. Or like there's you know, yeah. it's like a bunch of stuff that you do. But, so you know. so then from for, so from office pa you got uh you know you you hung in there for a while worked your way up and then worked into the writer's room from there yeah so so going into the job um i you know some people i was like i i want to write like that's the goal the goal was like i want to be a writer and you know like as i worked on the show more i was like oh like, i want to be a showrunner like i mm. want that job you know like yeah. that's, that's what i want i want to be the creator i wanted the show run uh, so i was telling everybody so everybody knew and uh season three i like i there wasn't an opening in the writer's room so i stayed with the with the show so it was office pa again and in season four there was an opening so we slid in uh writers pa mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh season five I was still technically the writer's PA, but they gave me a writer's assistant title, which was great because it allowed me cool. to get into the union and, you know, like kind of like do other things. And so it was, you know, like they blessings over there. Awesome. Uh, it was season five, season six. So now I'm the actual writer's assistant season seven as well. And so now season eight, I'm the script coordinator. So technically like I'm not writing, you know, but mm-hmm what our showrunner does which is great which you know like not every showrunner does this because i've definitely seen and heard some horror stories mm-hmm. he and what he's done since season one is he's given a script to like what is called a freelance script to mm-hmm. his assistants you know one to help your career and be like hey yeah this this uh should help help you along in your, in your career. yeah oh that's super cool yeah, yeah. um, so, um you know where I am now is a good position, mm-hmm. but I'm also ready uh, to get staffed. Then. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that you know that's the next step, and you know, to just keep pushing forward in that way. Um, now, when you're when you're an, a writer's assistant, are you attached to one specific writer, or are you a writer's assistant mm-hmm. for the room of writers? Well, so every room is different. But for the most part, the writer's assistant, you're for the room of writers. And right. uh, so if there's, so like our, our showrunner, he has his own assistant, um, but we also have script coordinator. We have a writer's assistant. And when we were uh, doing our you know job in person, we yeah. had a, a writer's PA who would essentially uh, you would go grocery shopping. So you would like get snacks and stuff and you would do the coffee run and you would do the lunch orders and stuff like that. Then you, but yeah. you would fill in uh, where you needed. So if, you know, we were doing multiple rooms where we needed someone else taking notes, then you would hop in there and take notes. And, you know, yeah. so like, so it was like, that's the position that kind of gets you ready for the writer's assistant position, which is you're in there taking notes. And if, a writer needs something if they need like hey i want to see notes from this episode or if i want to see whatever then Mm -hmm. you kind of pull up you know just like stuff that they wouldn't need yeah Um, so but again however the showrunner wants to run their show and (laughs) whatever they want the writer's assistant to do yeah writer's assistant is doing yeah yeah totally um that's super cool now someone noticed too that that's kind of neat and you got you know you are coming up, uh, working your way up through a network television show, mm. which I think is different maybe than what somebody coming up through um, a streaming service show might experience. Because this show has been on what is it? Uh, eight, eight seasons now, right? Yeah, this is going to be season eight. 
Yeah. But when you think about it, like, I don't know that like you get that same longevity with every streaming show that's out there, you know, to, to get in and grow with the show. True. True. Um, one, yes. So like one, I was definitely lucky. Um, I was, I was definitely blessed, but I, I think it was definitely, it was also one of those things where I was like in the right place at the right time, but I was also doing the right things. Totally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, definitely. But so, I mean, okay. So like how network now, how it used to be 22 episodes and now we're down to 10, 8, 13, mm. 12, or, you know, kind of like to matching that streaming service situation. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, almost the same in the in the sense that like shows aren't going as long now unless you're mm. a chicago med a chicago pd a chicago fire right. or a sv a law and order you know like you're that type of procedural sorry yeah, uh, yeah. but you know like because like what i've what i've read especially now is that like shonda rhimes for instance mm-hmm. he'll sell the show and she's like all we're gonna do is four seasons or mm-hmm. even like like mike mike sure he was like like all, all, all we're gonna do is four seasons like yeah. we don't we don't need that you know so yeah. i again was blessed that our show was able to to do that because yes a lot of shows aren't aren't doing that but even network is kind of going the way of streaming services now too to where mm. you have the good place that only did four seasons yeah yeah totally to, go that route the way that I did with one show. Yeah. You, know, you don't have the I mean that's so tough because you like yeah you have that um with, with some of those shorter shows where they're only going you know two, three, four seasons. You know, when you're on those those writing groups, yeah, you have to jump and find the next gig, which is yeah. which is tough. So it's yeah, it's scary. like <laughs> yeah. When I when I saw like I was like that's you know so it is interesting that it's changing to to mirror streaming because it's it makes it so much harder and you know yeah. everything's and and for something that's um a little more network and grounded it's also typically filmed more studio space or or local mm. uh where some of these other things are jumping you know to different parts of town yeah. and and you know yeah. i'm seeing some that are shot yeah. in one place yeah. and edited in a different place post productions in new york but it's filmed mm. in atlanta and the stu- you know it got written in la so it's like yeah. Um, for anybody I mean, trying to come up through the system, it's hard to follow the, a show sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, yes, but I will say this. Say it. There <laughs> are so many more avenues in the sense of because you have the, the Hulu, you have the Disney Plus, you have like Apple who's making TV, you have Facebook yeah. who's making TV, IMDB is making TV. So like there's these all these different platforms who are, are making TV and or making some type of content that needs writing. Mm-hmm. You know, so like there's there's like yes, you can't necessarily stay with one thing, but the opportunity it's it's still there. It's just there in a in a different context. And it's just like a different landscape. It's and it's it's really more gig based. You know what I mean? Because it's like gone is is the like nine to five cheers where you had nine seasons and you know you were going into a to a job for nine months and you know you you knew you were getting picked up and so you knew you were gonna work and this and that and, you know kind of like when you're at a banking job for 20 years like you you know what it is. Yeah. Versus now where it's like this is kind of like uh uber space to where it's like you don't know if you're getting picked up next season so you know you're 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 in this hustle mentality yeah yeah i mean it's totally pros and cons to all of it you know it's like sometimes i feel like that man the dream would be do do that uh (laughs) that 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 sitcom that shoots three camera in a studio it shoots nine to five Mm -hmm. you're done you don't shoot the weekends but you know because a lot of the other ones that are going like single cam and stuff and, and all these other things, you know, they're, they're shooting early mornings, late nights. And it's, I was like, man, man. but you know, what's funny. They are bringing back multicams and even like yeah. Netflix has about three or four multicams and they're about to air like another three or four multicams. So, you know, and I know like COVID has kind of like messed that up with the live studio audience and everything. Yeah. But it's, it's cheaper. It's easier to shoot. 
And, you know, I feel like, especially now, studios are like, look, we got to save some money. So yeah, how can we get this cookie cutter television? You know? Yeah. I got to imagine it's got to be like shooting in a studio would be easier to contain for COVID and stuff. And maybe we do like NBA style uh, virtual fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it, it, the, that would be re- that would be so distracting. Oh yeah, it's it's I mean, we we've seen it because Kelly Clarkson she was doing it on on her show and you know you have these like talk shows who have these virtual fans in there. Oh, I haven't and seen it, this. Is that that's a yeah, thing? It they yes yeah, so like when when like Ellen came back and when like all these like different talk shows that had live studio audiences and like all right well I guess we gotta you know like make money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they just had people like Skype or they had people you know Zoom yeah uh, they were just watching it like like they were watching an nba game I guess. that's crazy yeah. i didn't think that was a thing that's hilarious yeah um yeah it's crazy this whole the whole COVID thing's changed everything yeah. um yeah like and, is the is the is it how has it changed the writing side of things you said you've been working from home for since like december last year yeah yeah, so well, well, yeah well that was just because so we were like because we were done for season seven so we were on hiatus and i yeah. i was just like i'm not gonna work you know, like on a pilot or anything sure yeah. um, so i was like i'm just gonna stay home and luckily <laughs> you know i uh, <laughs> i didn't have to leave so you so know, I, so is it is it a zoom room for writers now is that how that's yeah and it sucks yeah it, it, yeah it's it's gotta be yeah it's gotta be a different dynamic for sure yeah it's i mean i i will say this it, it has made the job of taking notes easier um sure. you know for the for the sense of you can i mean we don't we didn't record any of them mm-hmm. but you know like there's, there's different programs that you can just have that just kind of like help dictate whatever people are, are saying so you kind of have that going and you kind of take your own notes or whatever yeah. so it was nice in that sense but in the sense of like you know coming up with stuff and going back and forth like it's not the same yeah, the energy's got to be different, you know, just, yeah. um, I, I mean, I could see people even just, just being relaxed in your own home, in your own space. I, I imagine your, your energy trying to create is, is a little bit different uh, yeah. and a little less inspired at times. Yeah, because you, you really need like a room, like you, you really, I, I know it sounds weird, but like when, like when you're in it, then you know exactly what I'm I'm talking about. You know, it's like I'm talking to the the writers right now, to like the other like comics in a in a green room. You yeah. can't recreate that. You yeah. know, like like on you try to do it on a Zoom, but you can't because it's yeah. just, it's it's not the same. It's not you need the energy, you need the flow. Like you just there's something about comedy that it has to be, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it is. It's the directness, and there's I don't know this. I think there's a little bit of discomfort in comedy and just being, yeah. I think face to face, like creates the different um, tension yeah. and stuff that mm-hmm. the comedy needs. Um, yeah. That's weird. And and who knows when we're going to go back? Cause who Hopefully knows? Soon. Yeah. You know. um, but Hey, we'll see until then we got zooms. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned like, so from here, like you is showrunner kind of the end goal for you. Was that like, the dream job yeah yeah like and i i'll i'll say this because i feel like i should just say everything publicly because like a lot of stuff that i said kind of like has started to come true so yeah um i want 10 shows on tv at the same time like what greg berlanti has over at the cw which is he has i think it's like 14 like he but he which is crazy because you aren't writing really yeah just to cut like to to have that empire that like i don't know what it is maybe call it just me being vain or just be like i just want to see my name on screen yeah times in a week or whatever yeah but it's kind of like it's the kobe bryant thing of like i don't i want to be oprah <laughs> like yeah. i yeah. want i want a bigger thing than i don't want to be just a basketball player i want the network or whatever you know what i mean like yeah yeah um yeah, and you know, you know what it is now because like I, I was thinking about this actually, like preparing for our conversation. Yeah, uh, I think I just want to have a platform for my friends, and just have yeah. like platforms for people who I think are funny. That's you cool. Know, because like I, you know, this is funny. I don't think I've ever told you this, but my my first pilot that I wrote 
mm-hmm. I have a, a character and I was like, you know what? I want Ryan to play this character. Nice. So if it, if it, I like, if it, if it, if it well, now I'm going to start pushing harder. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like paying just... thousands of dollars to promote this podcast. <laughs> get, get, get it out here. Get this idea. No. No, and, that's and, awesome. And, and that's and like I'm 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 not saying that because I'm on your your podcast, but nah. just because I remember like when I and granted like I was I started writing this thing five years ago. Yeah, but like I remember like when I just just your look, I was like, this is perfect. Like this is what you know. Like I I just had for the character. No, that's so. cool. Hey, I like that. Yeah, but you gotta so. you gotta and you gotta you gotta write for each other, and I think it, it is about the community and stuff like that, and and I think that's cool to like want to bring up other people and stuff and that's you know that's part of what inspired this podcast is is and i'm sure the same with with the one you were running uh at bhl is like you know you, you just creating a, a an outlet to to share everybody else's stories and work yeah. with other people you know and, and and just giving that a platform which is pretty cool yeah. um but yeah the, this the showrunner thing is interesting because I, I don't know a lot of people on a showrunner path so like I don't know how you how you just I mean, take like how do you how do you show your authority like I <laughs> without overstepping the bounds like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna run this real quick. start calling uh, shots without stepping on toes. So like I've I've you know and and probably just like a like a quiet mentoring thing to where I think like they don't even know that I'm doing this but like I I you know like look at stuff that they post and like stuff that they kind of talk about and that they go through like if they go on live or whatever like i try and hop on or you know if they're on clubhouse i try and follow whatever yeah but there's a couple writers one is ben Corey jones who i've never met but i actually ran into him uh when i was when i was living at my old uh, apartment downtown uh-huh. i was out walking my my dog and he was on a scooter i remember just like walking past him and i looked at him and i was like ben and he looked at me and he was like, and then I was like, hi, like, I'm, I'm Nick Purdue. And he was like, I, I know who you are, which is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, but I say that because he is, he was on a, a showrunner path. Mm. So, you know, it's like, I think it's like, once you get in and, and really start writing and once you're kind of like in there and like, you know, because like there are, I know that the WJ has a, has like a, a portal i want to say on online but like you know uh, has yeah. like a you know D-pad. i don't know yeah. what the word is but has, no, but like uh, like a like a guidelines podcast. essentially yeah, of like yeah, yeah. something has, along that has an outline on wow how you can... <laughs> that never happens in hollywood i didn't think there were guidelines to how to yeah but you know i mean yeah. or, or just like, like like what you need to do in order to, no, to totally. qualify for you know like whatever but that's super cool. I didn't even know that existed because yeah. I feel like so much uh, of Hollywood is a guess. And, yeah. and there's so many <laughs> times that, that, that uh, everybody's path is different. So there's no right. There's no wrong, which also means there's not a whole lot to go by, mm-hmm. um, which is always uh, part of what's fun about sharing stuff like this of, of different ways up. Cause like I said, uh, my brother's kind of on the writing path and he's been an assistant for, numerous people but his writing path is so much different than even what yours is and um you know so in in different from the next person's and uh so it's it's fascinating um actually i speaking of another writing path that has crossed paths with yours uh is is i just reached out to carl tart recently yeah and he was like and i told him you were coming on he's like i know so you guys both cross paths working uh on brooklyn 99 yeah uh so uh yeah which which yeah and here you know where we are in hollywood uh there even now there isn't a lot of black folks in writer's room Hmm. and you know, I mean, one thing I will say about about Brooklyn is that there has been at least one or two, you know, people of color in the room, uh, you know, on various seasons. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You know, so you know, like, and another writer, uh, Phil Augusta Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, who you know, uh, again, 
who's I really want him to be a showrunner because he's 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 right there. But yeah. and like the the guy who kind of brought me in, Prentice Penny, who is a showrunner of Insecure. So nice. I don't want to say Carl's gonna be a showrunner. Yeah. But you know. You don't want to you don't want to jinx it, Carl. I don't, don't want to I don't no. I don't want to jinx it, but if but if but Carl yeah, yeah. doesn't become a showrunner, I'll 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 be the showrunner for the for the both. But anyway, Carl's yeah. dope and Carl's super That's, talented, funny yeah. as hell. LA kid Clipper fan, you know what I mean? That's that's my guy. Yeah. Cuz you now you're you're from LA, right? You were born, born and raised here. Yeah. Born raised, that's yeah. awesome. And a Clippers yeah, fan. Seven oh, of no. us. What's that? There's seven of us uh who are born and raised from LA who are still here. Uh everyone else left. It's just seven total. Yeah. In LA. What's up? Uh I always I I tell people this like I was I was born here, I wasn't raised here and that's uh <laughs> I some where were you raised? I had no choice. I was so I was born in Simi Valley, but I moved when I was like six and a half to Virginia, and I grew up in Virginia, and then I moved back here uh, about ten or so years ago. Okay. So, uh, but you know, like you, you still got like flavor, and and you know, like there are worse places than Virginia. Like Virginia's great. It was great. And we lived yeah, like yeah, just yeah. outside the city and stuff like that. And it was, it was a great place to be yeah. raised. But I wanted I feel like in my heart, even as a as a, like a seven year old kid, I wanted to be back in California. Um, and like, it's funny just having get, come back and gotten into entertainment. I'm like, hey, what if I never left? You know, and um, so it's interesting. It, like it, growing up here, do you feel like that ever was it any benefit uh, to your where your like career has gone now, or I don't is know. it kind of a wash? Uh, like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. I don't. As somebody who missed the major part of networking as a as a kid and a teenager here, does that did I miss anything? Is that well, what? That's what I'm. Okay. Well, I will. I will say this. Not only actually. Okay, one one person that I grew up with. Uh, is in entertainment and oh. she works at access hollywood she's a producer over there killing it um and was even nominated for an emmy like she's killing it wow uh but just literally just one wow out okay. of i don't know how many you know like like kids that you know went to my high school or kids that you know that yeah. went to middle school with or whatever so you know I don't think that I that you have a you have a advantage being right. from LA. You, yeah. you may even honestly, you may have a disadvantage. Really? Because people like just assume like, oh yeah, well you're from LA, so you know that yeah. versus people who come out to LA, you know, and like have this idea of what LA is. Yeah. And then they try to like conform to you know whatever it is. So I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think sometimes I think because I like I started I started uh, comedy doing sketch comedy in college and then yeah. started doing like improv and sketch and stuff uh, in Richmond after I after I graduated school and then having to move here. It's like completely starting over. So I didn't know. I like So I could see somebody who went to USC and started doing the groundlings in, right. in okay. college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, I mean, it, it all depends what you do with it and stuff, uh, you know, and like. Um, yeah, but it sounds like also not everybody you go to school with is just jumping into entertainment. Most of them are doing YouTube and TikTok. Um, yeah, and and yeah. and again, this is you know because I I graduated high school like in in two thousand five. Yeah, and like like just thinking about it, not like I didn't I didn't even want to do anything in entertainment in high school. Like I was I was mm. I wanted to do hotel management. Like that was my kind of like yeah. Like I want to own hotels and. That's for, for whatever reason. That's that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, oh, how interesting. That's and cool. That just kind of switched like later on after I turned twenty one and I was going out to the clubs and doing this and yada yada yada, you know. And then you kind of get around people and kind of like see the entertainment lifestyle, I guess. And then you're mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, okay, that's what this is. Yeah, so yeah. That's kind of what like turned me, and I was like, okay. So then like once once I did that, and I was, then I did all my networking and all my, sure, you know, so yeah. if, if you went to school 
in you know studied film and this and that then yeah you definitely have that that leg up but yeah you know, yeah if if you didn't then you just gotta network your ass off yeah i mean it never stops yeah um do you do you still find yourself nitpicking hotels now when you go and you're like i would have done yeah. this different yes uh well well you're a connoisseur of like the mm, i would give this a four star who who gave this a five i'm gonna tell you what my girlfriend and i watch uh is hotel Im- impossible where uh okay. anthony i forgot how you say his, his last name but it's it's this, this guy who ordain is it that guy no i don't know that's the only anthony on tv i know <laughs> he's he's he was like a hotel guy like he, okay. he like goes into hotels and like fixes them and like you know gets them out of the red and like you know like makes them profitable yeah so i watch that a lot oh. but because like, like i don't i don't know anything about hotels like if it's if it's clean if it's nice you know it's like i'll watch that to kind of like check my room anytime i go somewhere yeah but, you know like if it's as long as stuff is shiny stuff works but i'm i'm not that picky but i know like some people yeah i'm like i'm here for one night as long as i don't get bed bugs i'm happy uh for the most part but then you do get some of those nice ones you're like this is this oh yeah this is luxury oh yeah oh yeah no like me and one of my friends went because we were supposed to go for my other friend's birthday and he he bailed on us so it was just me and one of my boys we went to vegas and you know we were at at aria and he was like let's just like ball out and like do the penthouse and i was like Mm -hmm. he was like no man come on let's do it so we did it it was the best thing ever yeah, uh, and I can't stay in a regular room now because <laughs> yeah. you ruined it. Yeah, because you like, shot too you, high. Do it. Yeah, once you do it, you're like, this yeah. is how the other half lives. What? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I get that. No. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, we stayed at one in 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 New Orleans on the way out here, uh, driving back from Atlanta last year, and man, it was, it was awesome but it was so high up and so scary. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, mm, I like my hotels a little bit. Uh, like the view's great, but man, you can yeah. you almost get, you almost get sick up there. No, but it's like, I mean, I love a, a good skyscraper though. Yeah. Like, you know, like, a little bit of sway just a little oh, bit of sway. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's the, it's the floor to ceiling windows, you know? And, yeah. 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 Like sure. If there's an earthquake, cause we live in LA, if there's an earthquake, you're probably not going to make it. You're and you were super, you're just super unlucky. You were just yeah. super unlucky. Wrong time, wrong place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you should have been down in the lobby when the earthquake hit. Right. But yeah. That's just unlucky. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. You overslept and you, you're dead. Right. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, um, I, I just have this this fear of getting stuck in the elevator when the big one hits. Oh God! You know, like I, I the worst case is you're like in a in a parking structure or something where like no one is really, you know. And yeah, yeah. It's and it's just you because you're like, oh, I want to go to Target. Nah, you should have stayed home. That's a that's a real thought out here. Um, <laughs> like it really is. I I had. And I, I made a joke about it a while ago, but like, um, I always thought like the the worst place f- for me to be would be like a shitty day job, you know. Mm-hmm. And to like, I'm like, I don't want to die. You, like, I I was waiting tables at this place in Sherman Oaks, and I feel like it was right after one. And I was like, I and there was a big building right next to the restaurant I worked at, and I was like, if this thing crashes down on me and I die at this shit job i'm gonna be so pissed right i'm gonna be dead but i'll be i'll be i'll be pissed just as it's happening yeah like, this is the way yeah no like, like like those are those are things that i that i think about and and again living in in la like you definitely like any if you're on laurel canyon like like now i'm like yo if the big one hits and i'm sitting here in traffic it's someone's house yeah yeah <laughs> Because there's nowhere to go. Like you're there's just nowhere stuck. to go. And you're just like, all right, well, shit, this is it. Yeah. Right. Okay, Jesus, this is how. I'm, this is how. <laughs> it's wild. You get there's some there's weird things to worry about out here. That and the fires. The fires are are constant now. I mean, that's a what, you know we yeah yeah fires. It's know, all I worth mean, it though. It's worth it. Is it? Yeah. Have you seen these these people out out here? We're number one in COVID cases. Is it worth it? It'll, it'll pass. 
<laughs> so many people have left. So many people have left this year. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, we just yeah. got back. We we had moved away for two years and we got back. Right. right how how in, was that? In February, just in time to lock down. So we're not leaving again. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a good, it was a good chance to why, why did you guys leave if you don't mind we, me asking? We were chasing the credit. To be completely oh. honest, we were chasing credits. Uh we I don't know. We found our set. We were out here for like eight years. I found my like found ourselves spinning our wheels a little bit and uh, just felt like we needed uh, a change of pace in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, heard a lot of different things about the market in Atlanta and just kind of wanted to explore it. And mm. uh, and also my family being back east, uh, it was a good chance to get back and uh, spend some time and driving distance to home. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool to be able to, to visit a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, we auditioned a ton out there for TV and, and, and film, which we weren't doing here. Um, I was, was getting some commercial work, but I wasn't really auditioning for TV and film yet. Uh, and then, was, but was, was it easier to audition out there or, or did you see that a lot of people kind of did what you guys did and went to, <laughs> it was definitely Atlanta. even the two years that we there, were there, there was like a flood of people coming. So we we were trying to be on like the front end of it. Right. And we weren't quite as in the front as we thought. Uh, we, I mean, we're still like, you know, there was a lot of people coming over those next two years and uh, people I'd known from L.A. I was like, oh, oh you did it. Oh, you're here, too. OK. Um, we're neighbors. Yeah. And uh, it was cool. But I, I do feel like. Uh, they don't shoot a lot of comedy out there, which I, I wanted my focus to be even in comedic acting is like, I think that's my focus. And, you know, to be on a sitcom would be like, that's, that's the direction I'm, I, I'd like to go. Uh, so I think realizing there were only a few that really shot out there and the movie, the comedic was, movies was it, that shot, what's that? Was it only like Tyler Perry's stuff that was out there as there was, in, like for sitcom wise or that? The Robbie was one that came through uh, on Comedy Central. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay. a brand new show. Oh, it's pretty new. It was like a a, a basketball show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, not just not a ton. And, and uh, you know, but we auditioned a lot for a lot of different stuff, and it was great. And I feel like I've been getting more auditions now, being back, having that experience and stuff. And I still have my agent there, so it's kind of a win-win. There you go. Um, so lots of good things. But uh, it was a nice, nice chance to break things up. Change um, yep. Just I don't know, try something different and come back with some new life. So it was cool. Yeah. And now you're uh, auditioning via Zoom. Yeah. Now we're just <laughs> Zooming. So we don't even need to be here at the moment. Yeah. yeah um, it's it's crazy. But uh, one, one good thing is that most of the stuff out there was self-tape auditions. So coming back here and having self-tape auditions ramp up even more, uh, I felt like we were definitely more prepared for it. So that's been nice. Yeah, because so. you guys were really doing the comedy skit game. Because I remember you guys were putting yeah. stuff out. And you, could, you just put something up today, right? Yeah, today, yesterday. But yeah, it's yeah. all the same. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I think we're trying to, for this year, I think we want to kind of head back in that direction of just putting out more content and, and getting back into to writing and just creating and stuff, especially while stuff's locked down. So we will see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have one that's, more. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I have one more. We're, we're we're starting to come up on time, but there is something uh, I, I found interesting recently that I'd like to to pick your brain about because uh, I notice uh, you've always been pretty big on social media uh, and pretty pretty involved. Um, but it looks like lately you've purged your social media mm -hmm. to where you have like fifteen posts. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and my girlfriend just did the same thing recently. So I was like, what, what was your, there was an, there was a conscious thought yeah. behind oh, it. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, um, you know, it was one, I was, I was, I was tired of it. And I mean, I, yeah. I, I still am. I'm, I'm tired of Instagram. Like I, I deleted Facebook. Um, I took down a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just, it was, well, okay. One uh andre brower had like found some of my stuff and he was like watching some of my videos <laughs> that was one thing i was like okay like let me like see what i 
post it because you know like totally. five, five years ago it's completely different than where we are today you know and so oh I mean, yeah jokes back then don't hit the same now and you know so totally a lot of it yes was was cleaning up stuff um some of it was just like okay like, that wasn't that funny you know like yeah, yeah. Times we're like this like is it is it that funny or right like, like don't watch the early stuff that was that was right i've grown since then yeah right, right. you know because especially like as a as a as a comedian you know like and a lot of my stuff was just vulgar because like i didn't care like and i, I thought that is what would totally. get the shock, shock value and stuff like yeah totally right. and it's and it's easy to have a cuss word at the end of a, your, your joke to really give you that little extra punch or give you that little you know like and i called her a boom uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah and, you're right but it's like you don't need it unless yeah. like that's your thing and you're and you're still doing it yeah but now i'm kind of like all right i've adjusted my life and you know like what do i want to portray and then i started seeing that you know like when you have like famous people start to follow you but then also like like nbc follows me now and i was like oh okay so (laughs) delete all (laughs) let me you know let me let me just totally uh yeah it it makes sense a hundred percent and i think more of us should be probably doing it um I mean, my Facebook, I started in college. Like, I have no idea what's on there. That's, uh, that's like two years ago. Right. <laughs> just to like not age myself. That was like six months ago. I just graduated. I uh, no, but we, because like we, we did this at work. It was like season, I forgot what season it was, but like we, we all, it was the assistants. It wasn't any of the writers, but it was just, we all just kind of went through our social media and I was like, okay, like what? on here <laughs> is questionable we should delete this or like you know because like I, I had tweets that i would just let fly just you know totally. back in 2010 yo twitter back then it was a wild wild west so you didn't care oh you, yeah you just letting stuff fly like no one no one was retweeting really you know no. like they maybe liked it but you know you were just tweeting just to have a good time yeah and then you know like now i i still tweet recklessly sometimes yeah but funny or it has some like you know like like there's like a meaning to it like i'm not just tweeting just to let yeah. stuff fly you know so totally. it's but yeah, yeah you it, grow up that's all it is totally but uh, yeah man like this this culture that that we're in in like especially cancel culture and stuff like that like it's it's risky to have that stuff mm-hmm. out there so i mean it's it's a good move it was just i, I noticed it because i was like man this guy he was <laughs> He was all over the social, like he was, you know, yeah, and doing yeah. all kinds of stuff. And, and, yeah. uh, it was like, it was a lot of it too, was just like photos of, of me. And I'm like, this is narcissistic. I'm like, is this, <laughs> like, is this really like, did I, like, well, did I really want to like be an influencer? Like, like, is that really what I wanted? I think you we know? all went through, we probably, most of us, I think, went through that phase at one point. Yeah. Uh, especially like when, I'm living in in LA like that's because that's what it is like they, people come to LA to become influencers and so like you're already here and you're like all right well yeah fuck it I guess I'll well then then you, you see those people who seem like influencers uh and, and like taking off and stuff there, there's people that also seem like influencers and then if you really do your research they're so much more mm. like I think like like uh like was it King Batch or like is somebody who I would think would a people a lot, a lot of people would look at as just an influencer, but then you realize like, oh, he's had he was doing sketches and YouTube and all that before, Stand up. like Vine or whatever blew mm-hmm. him up. So yeah, and then you you turn on Netflix and there's like twelve movies with King Batch in it. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people just see him probably as like, oh, he's an influencer who got famous, not right. somebody who was grinding and just happened right. to get take advantage of a platform at the right time. Right um or something but like also that. too i mean you know and and just using king batch as an, an example because like i went back and watched some of his old videos he has some like great sketches yeah and, and a lot of his like is like early vlogs of just like him with you see like the logan pauls and the like jake pauls and some of these like amanda cernies and these like influencers who are big names now kind of mm-hmm. like back then everyone was just grinding kind of just like we got to figure this out yeah you know? They got on this like internet wave and really kind of led the charge and you know 
changed the game. So yeah, for better or worse. There's I mean yeah, some for better, some right, right. Yeah. You know, we 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 see who's on Netflix now and we see who's not. Yeah. So yeah. You know. <laughs> we could use more King batches and less Logan Paul's probably. Right. right. Um yeah. Uh, but that's cool. I think no, it's it's definitely a good move, especially moving forward and trying to, you know, it's all about growth and you don't want something years back to to blow up in your face. So yeah, because we it happened to Kevin Hart. If it happened to Kevin Hart, it could happen to any of us. Seriously, yeah. You know, <laughs> that was just a joke. He said seemed seemed to make sense. Seemed it seemed funny. Came back and got him. Well, you all all you gotta do was pull that one tweet. You know, you take it out of yeah. context because you don't look at at the three tweets previous or the three tweets after. You know, you just pull that one tweet. Yep. You, know, like, all right, well. you cut you cut a couple words out. You really <laughs> condense it to take the, what you want no, to twist it. Just no. Um, that's cool. Um, well, this has been super fun. What to just to to moving forward since it is a new year. What's uh what's on your your big plans for moving um, forward this year? So I finished a couple pilots. So it's just kind of like my first draft of them. So kind of getting those tight and like ready to hand out and, you know, to get staff somewhere. Uh, that's, that's the, the first goal. Um, well, in the first goal is to finish out uh, this, this season of uh, Brooklyn. Cause you know, we're almost done. So nice. Uh, hopefully uh, we can get started and you know, yeah, it doesn't shut us down. Oh God! Fingers um, crossed. I know. <laughs> yeah, like us and, and every it's, other television. It's show. iffy right now. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like we were supposed to start back uh, next week, and they pushed us. And so mm. you know, again, hopefully we don't get pushed again, and you know yep. we can do this. And you know, I'm tired of watching reruns like everyone else is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I kind of want to get a house. Yeah. So that's it's a dream, man. That's, that's a dream. That's that's like kind of like where my my head's at right now. So for for me, finish out this the season, get a get a job on a on a on a show, yeah, uh, writing, and uh, you know what, hit the stage if we can. Hit if the it stage. happens, man, yeah. Open mics though, like nothing nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, you know, and just then, to flex and get out there again. Yeah, yeah. And then, I hear yeah, you, man. In in the year in a house or something. I don't know. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, hey, man, I wish you the best. I, I wish I wish all those things for you this year, man. Uh, it's it's super exciting to see your success and, uh, you know, having, you know, followed your journey and stuff along the way and watching your your different content over the years and stuff. It's really cool to see this, uh, you know, you land this one. And, and again, it was an awesome episode. I definitely recommend everybody checking it out. And we look forward to more from you. Um, Nick, I appreciate you coming on. Everybody follow uh, at the Nick Purdue. Uh, you'll see you'll see his 15 posts and future uh, future <laughs> things coming. Uh, but keep an eye on this guy, man. He, he's he's one of the great ones out here. So, uh, Nick, thank you very much. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for tuning in to A Bit Unraveled. I'm Ryan Hansinger. We'll see you next week.